Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better, something designed with you in mind, like the new Inspire leggings by Kalia. Their most versatile collection yet, made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hello and welcome to Memory Lane. Each episode, I take a trip down Memory Lane with a very special guest as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos that we're talking about, they're all on the episode image and you can also see them a bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. Was it easy for you to find these pictures? It wasn't, it wasn't. Um, I, I, I haven't got them into hard copies, but um, do you know what? The, to find the child's one, I've realised that the thing I've been asked for most on any TV show is always, can we... They're always like, do you know what would be good? Would be a picture of you as a child? Right. So now my agent has got the photos, uh... the young photos of me. So I just said, find those young photos of me for that one. <laughs> and then uh, another one is a... the symbol on a whatsapp group you know the photo on a whatsapp oh, group yeah. so i knew i had that yeah and then another one was uh in the press so there's that one so they're okay. easy to find so where where do you keep photos are you a keeper of photos i've got a phone i that's know my, that's my so photos. i forget what i mean you, i suppose you're a lot yeah, younger than I don't, me. you don't no. have a box or an album or anything like that no, I don't, I haven't, like, I've always thought I need to go through and, like, print out. We all and, do, like, I know. Because I used to, obviously, not to get too kind of, you know, what it used to be like, but you used to, you know, the oh, thrill of going to... I love what it used to, to be like. Yeah, you know, well, you go, you're about <laughs> to get some, mate. The thrill of going to Jessup's or whatever. Yeah. Or, and you get the 27 photos, and the last two are obviously the two that you've taken on the way there. Yeah. And then when I was at uni, obviously, we'd do... The photo, we get the disposable camera for a night out. Yeah. And then you take the disposable camera on the night out, and you take all the photos, get them developed, and then we had, like, in our living room, we had, like, the collage wall. Oh, that's great. Of, like, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, and I so love somewhere that. I've got all those photos. And Where? Occasionally Where I'll, are they? I've got various boxes. Right. And I've got a drawer now at this desk where I'm sat, which is just a drawer of memories. Oh, so it's like... Which one day you go, one day I'm going to sit down and believe you're going to go through my memory Well, box. we're in a you lockdown, never do. mate. You can do it now. I know, and I'm not doing it now, so I'm never doing it, right? No. And so I've got boxes of stuff, which is photos or tickets or, yeah. like, lanyards or, yeah, like, yeah. little old things. Old letters that, or postcards. Yeah, old letters or postcards. Yeah. And it's all in, like, a... And I don't know, lots of stuff in there. You're like, you're like I can look at it now and you're like... When am I going to enjoy a last leg cue card? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's well, in we there. just enjoyed it. We, we just, just had that moment. It. 
But there's a lot of stuff in there. Like photos, obviously, you go, I get that, right? Yeah. I, that makes total sense. But, like, I've got objects and you're like, I remember working on the last leg. I'm not going to need to look at a cue card to kind of remember that. Or but just photos, keep one. People say keep one and then... Well, I've the kept rest. one, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. and well, it's, one's um, all right. One's all right. Um, but, yeah, and uh, all the best photos are, like, the, just the... I, I've never, like... I've got, like, lots and lots of photos of my daughter and stuff on my phone, but yeah. I haven't put them in an album. And I, Ooh, what and I have Didn't you do done, a baby book? You what? Didn't you do a baby book? I don't know what that is, Kerry. Josh, what kind of a father are you? A bad one, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> a what? baby book, like when you have a baby and you fill it with all like a lock of their hair and uh, how much yeah, they yeah. weighed and their first photo and your scan picture and all that. Yeah, we've got all that stuff, but it's just in a box. It's not been booked. Okay. But I tell you what I have done, which I quite like, is so um, I've set her up an email address, right? Okay. And... Uh, so what I do is I just, uh, every few months or so, I'll send her an email. You're burdening like... her with admin and she's how old? <laughs> <laughs> she's two and a half. But oh, she's got, well, she's got loads of emails to answer by the time she's five. Yeah, well, she just, yeah exactly. But she's just not answered once either, which is rude <laughs> in my... But I'll send her like a, up, like a, a, what we've been up to and stuff. And then oh. I'll also forward all the photos. Oh, and then when lovely. she's 18, I'll give her the email address and she'll have thousands <gasps> of photos that way. Oh, that is lovely. And, like, all the live descriptions of what our life was like growing up. I actually haven't done one in lockdown because I thought it would be a bit bleak. And I want, I want to at least feel like we're on the way out of it before yeah, I yeah. commit to an email. And like, also what bugs me is now you've got it among your photos of people you love and memories you're fond of is all these, like, WhatsApp memes and all kinds of other... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll be like, photo of my daughter, photo of a daughter, screen grab of a tweet by a comedian I don't like, photo <laughs> of my daughter... <laughs> It's like a weed in your memory bank. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it shouldn't be in there. Yeah, but I, don't, do you know I what? love. I suppose thing. it's a more honest view of what, what your obsessions are. Well, I think because of smartphones now, photos have become something completely, completely different. The, to treasure a picture is quite a rare thing. Totally, and I, I reckon there's probably a maximum of a hundred photos of me before I was eighteen. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas there's probably thousands of photos of my daughter and she she's got a camera now as well oh fact, really our, yeah oh our, they're lovely those those kind of little kiddie ones does she enjoy yeah, taking pictures yeah she does and she does take photos with it um and i don't you know you never know what they understand or whether she understands what she's doing with it but earlier on she was just like i just want to take a photo and, and it's quite it's really nice that but there yeah. is part of you that's going is this just a gateway drug to the telephone? To the telephone. <laughs> That's showing my age to the phone. So tell me about this photo, your first one when you were little. It's a so brilliant photo. Let me photograph. get it up on my phone. Um, so is this you the... wearing shades, you look about two or three. Yeah, I look like Elton John, I yeah, think. Yeah, you really look like Elton John. You look like Andy so Warhol, are... Elton John, <laughs> and Boris Johnson. <laughs> And my hair was like jet, what, jet white, is that a phrase? Like no. Ice white, I swear. <laughs> ice white. Not a phrase. <laughs> my hair was so blonde when I was a kid that, did you, when, when we went to Laser Quest and it, um, they used that UV light thing in Laser Quest, <laughs> I'd glow. You so glowed. I'd like give away my position because my hair was so white. So that's our back garden in um, Totterdown in Bristol. So I lived there from oh, six months to three were... and a half. Okay, so you moved to Devon. Later. 
Yeah, I moved to Devon at three and a half. Right. So, lived in Totterdown, which I don't think is a particularly, like, so it isn't a particularly salute, but I'm, re- I'm just reading at the moment um, Tricky's autobiography. Tricky is the rapper oh, in, like, he's from Bristol. Yeah, he's from Bristol. Yeah. And he's talking about living in squats. In, he was living in squats in Totterdown in the same years that I was living there. So you could have walked past him? I could have walked past him. Yeah, I could have walked past him. <laughs> but I was Would... reading this going, bloody hell, he's talking about it like it's, you know, some kind of... The ghetto. Of, the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just there, you know. You're, Being you, three. You know. Being three. Yeah. So, yeah, we lived in Totterdown in Bristol. There was a graveyard behind it, which my sister fell in one of the graves. And But, you know, <gasps> like... What? Yeah. She Amazing, fell yeah? in a grave? She fell in a grave. Oh like, God. Like, stepped on it and went in. I mean, that's... Oh, God. That's the stuff of the nightmares, stuff nightmares, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But all of my memories, I think, of this time are constructed from anecdotes rather than Well, that's experience. how our memories work, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't actually think I remember any of this. Right. Bristol. I think it's all come from what people have said, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't don't remember being that little either. It's quite hard. Not many people remember being But what's reassuring about that is when you've got a two and a half year old and you think, however badly this goes, she's not going to remember today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not literally, but sort of energetically in some capacity. Of course. So you, so when you moved to Devon, was it more, was it proper rural? Yeah, so I went to, I grew up on Dart, literally on Dartmoor, a small hamlet, even not a village, because the village has got a church, so it didn't even have that. Wow. It was, um, so there was um, a post office, which has since closed down, uh-huh. and two pubs. Wow. And one of the pubs kind of didn't like locals, it was like a kind of holiday as, like a posh kind of place, yeah. which holiday people would come down to. And... Must have been, what, 100 people in the village? And really? then I went to the school in the next village. Gosh. And there was, like, 40 people at the school and there was four in my year. And it was properly, like, postman packed. you know what I mean? I just can't get my head around that. And now you're living in no. Hackney and you're obviously bringing your daughter <laughs> up in East London. And, and Was there any bit of you that thought, I want her to have the rural upbringing I had? Yeah, well, there's, maybe there's a middle ground. Like, yeah, because you've done full, like, urban... I'm living in the city, and it is weird to think about how your child grows up in the city. Mm. And, you know, the people we bought this house off, their kids were like eight and ten or something like that, and they were moving out to the country. Right. And you see a lot of people do that. But I, I don't think I could ever move out to the country in the, in, to the extent that I moved out to Devon. But I could imagine, you know, living for, slightly further out of London. But do you have fond memories of being a kid in the country? Yeah, but you don't appreciate what you've got. Do you know what right. I mean? You don't I, don't... I think wherever you grow up, it just feels normal to you. Yeah. It just feels totally normal. But do you think it shaped you a bit, being a rural kid? I don't know if it did, because I'm, I left. And I went, I went to university in Manchester in 2001, when mm. I was 18. And I really wanted to move to Manchester. I didn't care what the course was. Like, right. I just, I loved the Smiths. Right, and okay. I loved the idea of Manchester, and yeah. I just chose a course that I thought I'd it's be It's a great right city to be a student It's in. amazing. Yeah. And I remember the first day getting dropped off and walking out onto the road, and there was, like, all the kebab shops, and they were, like, lit up neon. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, this is Hollywood. fucking hell. Yeah. This is, yeah, it felt like Times Square. <laughs> it genuinely it was like, But it you was, were from a hamlet, so yeah, but it for was you just it like, was. But it was it was at the time what I really needed, if you know uh-huh. what I mean. Yeah. And I loved where I grew up, but I think, 
you know, I don't, I don't, I think you can grow up anywhere and that just feels normal. In fact, I didn't think this is a weirdly small school. But did you feel really safe and there must be a sense yeah, of safety? Yeah, I didn't think that people didn't feel safe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, and also in the 90s, I know this sounds mad, but it felt like a safer time because in the 80s, like my older siblings, they were like worried about the Cold War mm. and... And I think the 90s is this weird period between the end of the Cold War mm. and 9-11 when there was, like, all this terrorism worries, where yeah. there wasn't... It felt like a safer time. I remember my mum going to... This shows, like, how cut off I was, but I remember my mum going to work, like, she had to go up to London for some meetings for work. Yeah. I was so scared that she was going to get blown up by the IRA. Because uh, okay, that felt yeah. like something that was happening all... I was so... This London felt like such a different kind of thing to my life. Yeah. So I thought that was like what it was. Do you know what I mean? So I, I can totally imagine that. That if you lived out in the country in this lovely bucolic sort of idyll, and that London is the big city where bad stuff happens, if that's what yeah. you know. And now and, you're it, raising it, your child in the big city. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have given much her more that. Idea. Than me. I, <laughs> I was talking to someone who lives an hour out of London, I, he, he, he was working on a TV show I was doing, and I said, what's it like? And he just said, there's a lot of fleeces. And I thought, <laughs> I, I couldn't really... I'm not sure I could deal with it yet. Yeah, I haven't no, made I my mean, peace with being middle-aged. No, and there are... Yeah, it's a different... All I'm, the only reason I'm asking you specifically is because you did grow up, and not just in a suburb or a market town, you grew up mm. in the countryside. You know, it's like proper... I don't know anyone that grew up more in the countryside than me, in common. No, I don't know anyone that grew up in a village as small as that you just described. But I think, you know, I do think What was being a teenager like there? You watched a lot of TV, you lived your life through the television in a way. Oh. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, that wasn't what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to talk about, like, writing poetry and going on walks and <laughs> connecting with nature. <laughs> I've never connected with nature. I think the problem okay. is, like, I was never, like, a kind of country-style person in that sense. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't into BMXing or bikes or climbing trees or any... I was never into that kind of country pursuits. My nightmare would be a day at Go Ape. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it just wasn't for me. such a London thing to say about the country. It's like, Go Ape. Yeah. It's just like, Go Ape. <laughs> <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Dea cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Dea, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Dea Oat Cream Blend. 
Did you um, have an adolescence? I didn't really have an adolescence, if I'm honest. I think we're going to go into therapy mode because there's a theory, isn't there, that people are trapped in a certain chapter of development. And I've been told that I'm a bit like a teenager, like my nature is teeny. And yeah, you are a bit aggy. I am a bit aggy. I'm a bit chippy. I'm a bit like, fuck you. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 46. I, see that. I need to get over it. And I was a bit like that when I was 10. And I'm still like it looking down the barrel of 50. But so, like, yeah. <laughs> but it, maybe that's not being a teenager. That's just what your personality is. That you're. Yeah, but it's got teenage just un- traits. You're just, yeah, you're just unhappy. I'm not unhappy. I'm just quite. Um, like. I'm just a, a bit stuck in that, like, mean girls, sort of teenage, high school, Rizzo. Do you, mm, like, mm, mm. do you constantly, have you got friendship groups and you're constantly throwing one of your friends out of them, even though you're in your 40s? <laughs> no, no. I just think I have got quite a teeny motivating drive. And now I live with a teenager, so I can I can really see can you see, see that? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm asking you is, were you like a, was you like a little adult child? Or, or have you... No, not really. No, I was just... Um, I just kind of disappeared. I just saw, I made this dis- decision to be a non-event. Well, not. I don't even know if I consciously made that decision. That's quite an adult decision for a child yeah, I suppose to it make. Is. But I'm going to be I'm, a non-event. Yeah, I think I might be back engineering that. But you know yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of comedians that... I mean, let's be honest, wankers. Who would say, uh, uh, actually, I... Uh, I started making people laugh to avoid the bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think, oh, no, the way to avoid bullies, I found, was to disappear. Like, to be average and in the middle of everything. I found the best way was to be the bully. That was always... Well, of course, yeah, you're still still (laughs) operating that 46 years and counting. But I found that you could disappear and you'd be fine. Like, Uh and that was my kind of coping mechanism with secondary school, was to... So if, um, well, not now, Kerry, for obvious reasons, but were you to um, have done a round about my school year on Pointless uh, during my school, I would have been a Pointless answer. Like, I would have been someone no one would have thought of. And you were conscious of that whilst you were there and going I don't know if I was conscious, like, but I think... Oh, I think my actions were all based... I, I don't think I was consciously thinking this was an overall tactic, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of my actions were based on the fact that I would do what I was needed to fit in. Right. Okay. And this is from sense. about... Yeah, totally. And, and from a, about so, secondary well, school. Well, at primary school, there were so few people that I didn't need to fit in. Yeah. You couldn't, because there was only four people in my year, so <laughs> I was mad. a big, de- I was a big deal, if I'm <laughs> honest with you. Yeah. And then at secondary school, I think my way of dealing from going f- from being a big fish was to go to a non-existent fish. Oh, if that makes it sense. It really sounds tragic. I mean, now. From... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I no, erased I quite myself. Secondary school. I quite enjoyed secondary school, and I didn't need the. Um, I I don't know. I just. I, I don't You have hibernated a, you... your personality for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> no, five years. <laughs> you do what you yeah. gotta do, haven't you, to survive secondary yeah. school. So I hibernated my personality for a decade. Uh-huh. Um No, I, I I don't think I hibernated it. I just So it's not like I wasn't I had friends, because obviously if I hadn't had friends, that would have made me Yeah, that's a, that makes you a target in itself, doesn't it? That yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the weird loner. So 
Are you aware of um, Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys, Kerry? Uh, I'm aware of him. Yeah, so he kind of coined the phrase uh, your imperial phase to describe like the moment when an artist is at their absolute peak. Yeah. And that, like every artist has an imperial phase. But I think like the last two years of primary school <laughs> were the imperial phase of my childhood. <laughs> Why? Because I was, I was leading the school play. I was... What um, was the play? Robin Hood. Um, Did you wear tights? So, yeah, yeah. But great. Oh, I'll tell you this actually. Um, have I told you? I, so one of the plays we did when I was a kid um, at school was um, I wasn't the lead in this, thank God. Was the Emperor's New Clothes? Now you. What? So someone the got their ass out? Well, no. It involved a small child in a pair of pink underpants. Oh God! Kind of, Absolutely isn't not. That mad. Was it the eighties? Yeah, it was the eighties. A lot of but, that went on. Yeah, no, but I, I'm not saying there was any kind of. I'm not in any. I think it's. I think it's less a reflection of some kind of, um, well, paedophilic intent. No, absolutely not. Than a reflection of just people totally Naive. total total naivety. Yeah. And we didn't have a dark web. We didn't have a dark web, Kerry. <laughs> it was different times. Yeah. So um, we didn't have a dark web. So, so you were so. glad you didn't get that lead, but you played Robin Hood. Played Robin Hood. I was like, I was, I was, I was the big deal at primary school. But there was four well, we kids have established with four kids, so like a big. Yeah, deal. yeah. I'm not. I'm not making this. I'm not making this. <laughs> like, I'm not bragging. You were the Danny Zuko of four kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was two boys and two girls in my year, so I was, and I, I'm going to say it, I was the coolest boy. So, well, okay, mate. I mean, okay. Who was your so, mate, Marion? One of the other two girls. I don't know who played Maid Marion. Actually, it might have there been, were only mi- two girls, and you no, can't no, no, remember. No, 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 mate. It might have been someone from a, a year below, actually, because there were six okay. kids in the year below. So Typical female bit... casting. They go young. They do. <laughs> but she had a playing age of eleven. Um, but um, so my so, CV says I do too. Yes. Um, so I. So I was quite a big deal. Yes. I used I used to uh, me and my friend ran a kind of after school club on Fridays Ooh. where all the kids would come and then I'd play a tape that my brother had made that had rhythm is a dancer on it and stuff like that. Oh, what? And they so, just you just played it or did you dance? Or? And we danced. We had disco lights. We got some disco lights from some. So friends. it was like a disco club on a Friday. It was like a kind of cool arrival to the youth club. Oh, this sounds great! And that was but, all you. You you. Me and my friend Thomas, who was the other kid in my year, but yeah. we were the we were the the were the big guys around town. So why couldn't you take that vibe into secondary? Because, well, in the same way that, you know, um, well, it's 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 literally big fish syndrome, isn't mm. it? In the in the same way that you know. Um, Robbie Williams never really broke America, I suppose. It's the, it's the same. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a totally different environment. And while your strengths in the UK as Robbie Williams yeah. may be huge, yeah. in America, no one's buying it. <laughs> You've got some fantastic knitwear going on. Yeah, my mum would have knitted that. Really? Yeah. Like with needles or a machine? 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about You've got an snow? Aaron jumper in the snow. Yeah, she'd have knitted that. That's spectacular. Yeah, it is, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Oh, I mean, maybe that's she really wouldn't. impressive. I mean, it looks like she's really done well there. I might be giving her more credit than she deserves there. I mean, if that was a sharper piece of photography, because it's a bit blurry because it's done with a, you know, like a basic yeah. camera, but that is like what would now be used as a Bowdoin Christmas catalogue. Yes, yes. Is it a hand-me-down or is it all yours? Well, I would have got hand-me-downs. I don't think that would have been a hand-me-down, but I would have got hand-me-downs because I had my siblings who were kind of half-siblings. yeah. My brother was three and a half years older than me, so I got a lot of... Ha- I I got his shell suit. I got... Um, well, that's a his... whole different sartorial situation to an Aaron jumper, isn't it? A shell suit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But my main memory is I was delighted when I got his shell suit. And right. I got a Air Jordan t-shirt off him when I was about seven or eight. Oh. That then I saw Michael Jordan wearing in The Last Dance himself. Uh, not the same. I mean, not the same. Not the same. Not the exact same one. <laughs> No, but but the same design, excited. and I... it was an amazing, like, nostalgic hit to suddenly right. see that T-shirt for the first time in twenty years. Have you got any pictures of you in that T-shirt? Not now, uh, but I mean generally. Uh, I am uh, maybe because I did live in it from the age of nine to ten, probably. Yeah, uh-huh. but this but, jumper would have only been wheeled out for hardcore snow weather. Yeah. I actually, I, I tend not to, I, I, for instance, there'd be no weather in the world where I could wear a jumper like that now because I've got a very, very um, low or high, whatever you call it. I can't deal with heat, so I could never wear a woolly jumper in real life now. No, like, and also it's a different climate now. I mean, we've got climate change. Those sort of jumpers don't have much. Exactly, exactly <laughs> There's Carrie. no call for them. <laughs> There's no call for them. It's the, that and the, you know. That and the polar ice caps are the big victims, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, the that Aaron Jumper. Was there yeah. a lot of snow in your memory? So there was loads of snow growing up, because obviously I grew up on Dartmoor. Uh-huh. Were you, I, I reckon I got a week a year off school. Oh, really? Yeah. Snow like, days. Like um, Charlie day. Brown? Yes, quite possibly. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't really read Peanuts. Um, uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so I'd get um, snow days off, because we'd... We'd live down a hill and we had like an old rickety bus that oh, would wow. come to collect us for school. Uh-huh. And it just couldn't do, it couldn't go up or down hills if there was a <laughs> sniff of snow. Did you live in a different century? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I remembered the other day? I was telling someone this. I'd completely forgotten this. This will blow your mind. So we didn't have a key for our house. We just never locked our house. Wow. So we'd just go out and we just wouldn't need to lock it. What, even if you went on holiday? Yeah, just leave it unlocked. What, for like over a week? Yeah. Yeah, that's really unusual. Isn't that mad? Yeah, that is quite mad. But lovely. That must have been... That sense of safety must have just been lovely. Yeah, totally. Well, I didn't even consider... Well, you do when you're a kid, you consider crime, because obviously you do something like you'd watch Crime Watch UK and then everything feels terrifying. But didn't that all just feel like that was going on in another world and not your world? I remember when my mum would go occasionally to London for work Mm -hmm. and I'd be terrified that she was going to get blown up by the IRA because that felt like the thing that happened in London on the news all the time. Yeah. And you lived in another world, a parallel I lived in another world. So, but in London felt like the place where that kind of thing is, happens. But that would be how a child... Of course. Uh, yeah, processes that. But presumably you grew up in London and it wasn't even a thing that 
mm. you even thought about running, No, it right? did. You know, I was oh. terrified most of all. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, I, I, um, I did think that things like that sent, felt close. And, yeah. you know, we did lock our house and it still got broken into. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it was quite an urban... I, so it's quite, as a sort of kid that grew up in the city, what you're describing sounds wonderful. It sounds yeah. very very that sense of safety and security must have been really lovely i should say now if anyone knows one but my parents do now lock their house just in case anyone knows where they live. <laughs> so in this photograph here now you're 28 what's going yeah. on in this picture so that is taken um directly after my first ever solo show performance in edinburgh ah. and that is and that is sweat what? I thought someone just chucked yeah. a pint over you. No, that's sweat. So it was so. So Karen, you might not remember this, but we shared the you, venue. Yeah. So that was the year where you were on before me in that yes, venue. Yes, we used to pass pass. Uh, yeah, yeah, pass each other every day. God. Yeah. What year was that? Two thousand eleven. Oh wow! We were in the um, porter cabin. What was it called? Yeah, the, it was called the hut. The hut. And it's a fifty seater in it. So it was, that was obviously a combination. That sweat of fear and heat. Yeah, that Basically. room was... It was a big grand yoga centre, wasn't it? Yeah, Hardcore. exactly, yeah. But without, obviously, the... Um, hot pants. Obviously, yeah, the hot pants. Without or the, the groping. Yeah, without the groping. <laughs> the I didn't Saint know what word to yoga. use. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so that was after my first ever performance of my first show in Edinburgh. That's, yeah, that it, says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, about the, you know, the sweat of and the graft the of an hour of stand-up. You know, first yeah, time is terrifying. Yeah, we say hour, 48 minutes. Well, okay, but, uh, with a wind behind you and a few pauses <laughs> and a bit of a, a bit of bounce. But, like, do you think of it as, like, hard work? No. Uh, what, now? Well, then. No, then. I think, I think that was basically really, I was really, really scared about that Edinburgh. Were you? And I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm. And it felt like I really... I kind of psyched my... This is how stressed I was at the time. Um, I got a spot on the end of my nose on the second day of Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. And I had it until 24 hours after the Edinburgh Festival finished. So I had this stress <laughs> spot. <laughs> for the whole of Edinburgh. Oh. And uh, Verity, who was working for my agent at the time, she used... And she was kind of in charge of Edinburgh. She used to put makeup on the end of my nose before every performance. <laughs> Which I'd obviously sweat off within five minutes. <laughs> of course. But it was like, yeah, it was mad. Like, I was terrified. I, I and it went very well, remember. if I remember. It, uh, history's been kinder to it than it was. Not that, not that it's got a place in history. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the annals of time. Yeah. I think Simon Sharma said it best. But, um, no, it, um, <laughs> I, it didn't go particularly well. Uh, right. If I'm honest with you, what happened was it, I'd sold well, but uh, it didn't get very well reviewed. Right. But then at the end, I got nominated for the newcomer. Right. Basically, I've since been told by people on the panel that um, it was basically I was argued on by a couple of people. Uh, oh, that's because... nice, isn't it? It's nice for them to let you know. <laughs> and I was told this by the people that argued me on. <laughs> <laughs> because... That's really nice of them. Yeah, not so much for the show, just for kind of the potential that I possibly had, I got right. argued on. So it was all right, you know. But it, do you know, I'm sure, 
you remember this, but obviously this is just a thing that comics... But you feel like Edinburgh's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. I thought that that month was basically the different... Could end up with me being on Nevermind the Buzzcocks or having to go back to do a normal job. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? It felt like... It, and that, so that first performance, I felt like I was kind of... And I, it's not true, and I, I know it's not true, but mm. it felt like I was, like, trying to perform to save or make my career. Do I you know do what I know mean? what you mean. And it's so annoying that now, with hindsight, we know that's not true. But yeah. You, but it, it feels so true at the it time. It really feels like... It feels so important. Yes. But I, th- I still get that in the sense of, like, everything... Like, whenever there's something that I... Like, I remember the first night at Edinburgh that mm. year going for a drink with A. Caster and possibly Nish. I can't remember. Anyway, there were some other people there, right? And um, I just remember being, feeling really down and yeah. really like... And what I've, I think is a thing I've realised since that I get, which is just before anything where I feel like you're putting yourself out there yeah. or you're like... You're like exposing yourself, I always just go, oh, God, I just feel so depressed about this. I just wish I... Why don't I just disappear and just... I'd love to go back to Devon and get a job in local radio. That's what I want to do. I don't right. want to put myself out there. I don't want to... And I, I'd like... that Even that parenting podcast I've just started doing with Rob Beckett, yeah. the night before it came out, I felt so low because I just feel... It's like a defence mechanism I have. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, it still feels like anything like that. It feels like I just... Putting yourself out there feels so... I find it desperately scary. That's the yeah. bit I find scary, far more than stand-up. Well, I always think when people ask you now, you get asked a lot, what advice would you give to new acts or blah, blah, and I always now feel compelled to say you have to just be comfortable with being vulnerable. You've got to allow yourself just to be vulnerable because otherwise yeah. you won't, there won't be any prizes for no risks being taken, and those risks mean showing your belly, and that's just tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so... But, like, I just find that's, that's the thing I really find about that photo. Is yeah, like that you is do look really vulnerable who, in it. Who's terrified. You do look scared And has just it. been through, like, kind of... Uh, and it's a self-made stress, do you know Yeah, what because I mean? you it's haven't not... been down a mine, have you? You've, no. been, you've just talked... To, you've wazzed on in a hut for 45 but, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly, but I've spent the whole year telling myself that this is everything to I me know. when it isn't. I know, but it is to that 28-year-old yeah. person in that photograph. It's amazing. But you do look really sort of like you've been through the mill. Well, to give you an idea of how much I sweated in that shirt, it became one of those shirts where, you know when you have an item of clothing where it's just got the smell caught in it? Yeah. And you just have <laughs> you wash it. So, yeah. And then even you put it on, and even if you heat up a little bit, it'll smell of sweat from previous times. And you so have that like... shirt was a write-off. Proustian flashbacks to that hut that year and yeah. just start having like Jacob's Ladder flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so in this other photograph in hospital, this is last year? Last year I had my appendix out. Oh. So that is me. You look over the moon just, about it. I just, morphine, I was off oh. my face on morphine. So three of... Have you ever had morphine? No, I haven't. I've done Gassinaire for childbirth. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was genuinely fucking brilliant. Did it, it give you so an appetite good. for a, to try it, you know, for non-medical reasons? Um, well, not one that I, not one that I followed up. No. But um, 
But did you watch that documentary the other day about psychedelics on Netflix? No. Oh, that sounds does, good. Yeah, you do sort of occasionally. You know, some people just make being high look really, really reasonable. There yes. are a few people that make it just seem like a perfectly normal thing to do. It's like having a PIMS. And well, you think, fuck it, I might try mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so what was weird was, so I was going under, right? And the um, anaesthetist? Yeah. They, like, talked to you as they're kind of sending you under. Uh-huh. And he was like, so this is, uh, this is what we're going to use. And he was like... And then he started talking about, he was like, the thing is, it's perfectly safe, and really, I think heroin should be legal in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and you put your thumbs up and got a photograph. Yeah, but it was just so <laughs> weird that that was the last thing I heard before I was going under. So that was his kind of chat. <laughs> I don't know if that's like his go-to chat, or if he just thought Do you think I was he's like dealing a cool as well kind as of guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whether he was trying to sell to me. <laughs> You do well, so look said, so happy, Josh, in that oh, picture. I came back into the ward and I was, like, dancing in my bed. I was, like, heart, like <laughs> and I shouted, oi, oi, as I was wheeled back in. <laughs> like, I was just so high. People must go into surgery just shouting, oi, oi, because they, they are high half the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, so I came out, I woke up, and then I was wheeled back in, just, oi, oi, back into That's the theatre. Where did you get and this done? I, uh, where Homerton Hospital, okay. right? And um, so, and then I I couldn't get to sleep because obviously <laughs> you were but, tripping <laughs> because I was tripping, right? And then I'd had a sugary tea because they give you a sugary tea, yeah. And I said to the nurse, I was like, I can't get to sleep because of the morphine, and she was like, I think it's probably the sugary tea. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, mate? <laughs> I've had a sugary tea before. I can She's sleep in goats with the tea. dealer. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, it's tea. You might as well do some smack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really loved your pictures. They're very. Uh, oh, thank you. They te- you've thank got you. some What's lovely stories. My favourite is definitely the Elton John years. Yeah, yeah. I mean that picture. When would that have been taken? Is that like an eighties picture? That would have been taken about nineteen eighty-six, something right. like that. Yeah. You see, I do like, and then what I've enjoyed about this podcast and seeing everyone's photographs, I do love a retro photo, and I can yeah. see why people use the retro filters on modern photos to make them look like they're set further back in there's, time. There's something about, and you're not a football fan, are you? Not, but there's no. something about old. So if you watch an old World Cup, right? They all because of the quality of the film. Mm. Like that was done to broadcast it. They've got they've got up till about nineteen ninety. They've got this different magical quality yes. about the footage that feels like, and each one feels different because each is like a different four four years apart. So it's like this different moment yeah. in time technologically. So they all look different to the one before, and they all feel so much more romantic. Yeah. Than, but and you I don't can know if that's me being an old person. That's what I mean about your photo, because actually a lot of photographs anchor, because not just the quality of the actual photography, but also the fashion and the haircuts yeah. and all these things anchor photographs to time and yours I couldn't put them in any chronological order of time or because they're all like you're of a similar age and well, I don't think I've changed look really in the last well you've definitely changed since you're John times <laughs> <laughs> 
that's it for this week. The rest of Series 1 is available with all the photos on our Instagram page. And Jen and I will be doing new episodes every week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.